Hey friends, are you in search of something special to set your portraits apart? If you are, I'm excited to share Willow Canvas with you. Willow Canvas is a mother-owned company that creates beautiful, hand-painted fine art backdrops. Willow Canvas offers a wide range of sizes to fit your space, whether you're traveling or in the studio. Each Willow Canvas is soft and neutral with a texture and tone that will complement your branding. Sarah, the artist behind Willow Canvas, is one of our favorites. She's so sweet and kind and dedicated to delivering personalized customer service with three ordering options, ready to ship, custom, or pre-order based on your chosen hues and textures. All of us at the Motherhood Anthology absolutely love Willow Canvas for its amazing customer service, beautiful colors, and exceptional quality. Discover the magic of Willow Canvas by heading over to their website at willowcanvasbackdrops.com, browse their beautiful galleries, and start creating the perfect backdrop for your photography. Find them on Instagram at willow underscore canvas or visit willowcanvasbackdrops.com and join their email list for a 10% discount on your purchase today. We built up some savings and we really particularly tracked how money was coming in and money was going out with my business and then just decided when I looked at my calendar for the next couple of months and just projecting all what things were going to look like, I decided to go ahead and go all in. It's scary, but it also forces you to make things work. Hello, friends. If you're listening to this recording on its original release date, January the 9th, 2024, our Motherhood Anthology membership is about to reopen enrollment this Thursday, the 11th. Today's episode is a peek inside one of the perks of our membership, which is our monthly coaching call for members. Today, we talk with our members about things like transitioning from pharmacy to full-time photography, how to stand out and charge a premium in a crowded market, how to communicate your value to your clients, the importance of word-of-mouth marketing, and much more. So now I present to you a peek inside the Motherhood Anthology membership in episode number 66 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Very quickly, my background, I've been a pharmacist since 2011. I've worked in retail pharmacy. I was working like 44 hours a week. And then about this time last year, my husband and I had a sit down. I really feel strongly called to do photography um, and work with mother. I guess maybe that was two years ago. Time really flies. I think two years ago, we had that conversation. And then this time last year, we decided this year, 2023 was going to be my all-in year. I'm going to put as much of myself as I can into that while still working. At this point, I dropped down to 28 hours a week in the pharmacy, which was still full-time. So I had benefits and stuff. And then we would evaluate whether or not that was something that that was going to work out and be a full-time option. So my nanny volunteered or saw the need that I needed help on my business. And so she asked about being an assistant and um, all these things fell into place where I tried to outsource as many admin tasks as I could and really create the work that brought me joy and hope and work on moving towards a full-time business. We built up some savings and we really particularly tracked how money was coming in and money was going out with my business and then just decided when I looked at my calendar for the next couple of months and just projecting all what things were going to look like, I decided to go ahead and go all in. It's scary, but it also forces you to make things work. I think Allison probably coming from nursing, her nursing background, it's that's there. And it does feel, I think, let's see, Jacqueline, I think is a nurse. And I think the nice thing about healthcare is that the demand for that is going to be there. And so you can go back if you want to, but once you build that momentum in your business and you mentally invest in making it happen, you really just want to lean into that because it's make or break time in photography, nursing or pharmacy will always be there, but I'm mentally all in and I found my people. So let's give it a shot. And you, if you don't, if it doesn't happen, then it's okay. You can always go back. That's not a failure. That's just a smart business mind reevaluating what is working for you and what isn't. But I think you just have to make the jump and then make sure that you're happy, make sure you're doing things that you're happy with and not just taking on work that 
is work because mm-hmm. that makes it fun and you still find a lot of joy in it. I was very scared about not finding, I've talked too much now, but not find being continuing to find joy in photography because it was something I did for myself for so long. And I think putting that boundary of saying no to people that are asking me to do things that aren't in my wheelhouse or don't make me happy has allowed me to continue to find new joy and new creativity and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to mute myself because otherwise I'm going to keep talking. (laughs) You're all good. No, there's truly nothing better than still loving what you're doing. Like I, all these years later, still like I wouldn't change anything about what I shoot, how I shoot, anything like that and making money at it. Like that, isn't that like the dream? Everybody wants that for their career. If you can find a way, not to say that you can't take things in a pinch if you need to, but it can just be like, you can make those decisions in the moment and really try to keep your business something that you both make money from and really enjoy. Hey, because Ellen is one town over from me, I get to watch her. And I'm interested to know, Ellen, I feel like you have come on the scene quickly and you have been so busy. And what did you do or what do you think you're doing that's allowing, allowed you to quit your job to be so busy and you're not, you're not cheap. Uh, What do you, what's the secret? besides that you're so talented of course I honestly don't know that I am that talented I just (laughs) I think it's I think it's the bulk of my business is referrals of it's a friend of a friend or a friend of somebody that I've shot before or really that's what it is and it's I think the experience that people have with me makes it worth it for what I asked them to invest and I took on more. Is there anything different about your experience? I do think that your work is different enough that it sets you apart. I think I do agree. I think in my, in Auburn, I am creating things in a different way and speak about my work and the, and my why with my clients more than others in the area. I do think my behind behind the scenes, there's a lot more communication and vulnerability on my part and me asking them to be vulnerable about their vulnerable about their feelings and really what they want out of our time together. But I think I talked in my education piece about, I didn't want to do many sessions this fall and I reluctantly did. And that generated a lot of busy, a lot of busyness. So I think online, it looks like I'm very busy in reality, a lot of those, a lot of the busyness that people see were the five petite session days that I did. But because I spoke about why I don't want to do many sessions or what is hard for me about many sessions and how I really want to spend more time with my clients, I had somebody specifically say about this post that I made in our local, what's happening, Auburn Opal, like a group about don't do a mini session, do a full session. I had people specifically say, because of what you wrote, um, I decided to do a full session with you, or I decided to do this mini session, but it's because it's different than the rest. And I think a lot of what has, what's drawn people in is me just speaking a whole lot about my heart and my why behind my business because there are so many people that are doing things, the photography things, and you have to make yourself different somehow. And the different is me. It's not, I don't know that, like I said, I don't think my work is particularly extraordinary, something you can't get somewhere else. But I think what is different about it is me and my approach and the way I interact with people. I agree, Ellen. I will say 100% that there are photographers that their personality and who they are stands out. And I think that that's what draws people in. Like people want to feel connected, right? Mm -hmm. That's they do. And when you say like, you want to find your ideal client, oftentimes your ideal client is someone very similar to who you are as a person. I want to hang out with people that are similar to me so that it feels like we're hanging out with friends the entire time. And so if you really put your authentic self out there and you're like bold about it, then all of a sudden you have people that are like, 
wanting to book with you. And yes, you are absolutely hundred percent talented, but they want to book with you for you because you've made them feel like you're giving them a hug. And they're like, I want yeah. that with a side of pictures. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really important that people feel seen. And I talk about this a lot, especially with my, my young parent, newborn clients, but I didn't feel seen as a new mom and I didn't, I felt very alone and I I want to make sure they know that I'm a person first and here to sit with them as a mom that has been in a hard place and love them in that capacity and then also serve them with photos. How are you implementing that in, into your experience, Ellen? Um, I think uh, it starts with, I my emails are way too long. I know they're way too long and I know that some people don't read them, but I also think that's a qualifier of if you are going to read all the words that I have to say in my like lead email and my pricing information, like my hidden pricing page and answer my questions or be willing to get on a call with me, then you're my person. Every, every single call I get on the person is, I know that they're booking me because it's just always been that way. And it's just like a feeling. It's like when you meet your partner, it's like when I, when they're like, yes, let's get on a call. I'm like, all right. I know that they're all in and they want to have this back and forth about what's important to them. I speak a lot about memories, almost. I think of it a therapy session of digging into what's hard for you. I ask questions like what's hard for you right now? What are you finding joy in? What do you think you're going to miss? Or in 10 years from now, what, when they have little kids, what do you do with your child that you see them looking back and reminiscing on fondly? And I always get really interesting and interesting answers to that kind of thing. Very small moments, riding in the car and singing these certain songs with their kids. And I think it's a lot of pushing people to, to stop and think about what they like about a photo and just what is happening in their life right now that they're grateful for and that they're having a hard time for. And then also sharing myself, like they seem hesitant, especially on a call about, about what they're going through or what life looks like for them or what they want. I share myself because a lot of it is, I just can't stop talking sometimes. <laughs> and so if they feel hesitant to share, usually me sharing things that I'm finding joy in and things that I'm struggling in makes them feel more comfortable to open up or brings a thread of relatability that, that helps them come out of their shell and just really be themselves in front of the camera. I also think I spend more time. I make it clear that I'm not, and this is not for everybody's business, but I make it clear that I'm not on a super strict time schedule, especially with my in-home clients I love to come first thing in the morning when everybody's waking up and I really like to paint a picture for them. First thing in the morning when everybody's waking up, sleepy kids, snuggly kids, and just sit and have coffee with mom and help her feel comfortable because once she feels that level of comfort, everybody around her kind of settles in and just seeing where the day flows. I think that helps people feel that thread of connection. And then they tell their friends about it and and um, they're like, oh, Ellen sat and had coffee with me and, or she brought, she brought donuts because my kids love little donuts and, and I'm not sugaring them up to make them like me, but I also want them to feel comfortable with me. Yeah. I think it's those little touches where you can really make your client, whether it's that or something else to say, oh, this isn't just another photography session. This isn't all the ones we've had before or like other photographers we've been to and like you can do that in so many different ways that are authentic to you. So like those ways just come naturally to you and are authentic to you. And so like that, that people notice that, like your clients feel that mm -hmm. and that makes a huge difference. I'm sure. Yeah. I think when you, I really, when I first joined TMA and something that I got mentally very caught up on was like a welcome box. And what should I put in that? What should I, how should I make them feel cared for and welcome? Because I, and we're in the holiday season. So this is like really on my head. I am a terrible gift giver. I hate <laughs> being like physical gifts. And I really don't like receiving physical gifts, like things I like 
interaction and I like to feel cared for. I don't want a thing. I just, I want feelings. And so I realized that my welcome box is my, the way that I make them feel and the way I make them feel cared for from the time that they sign that contract and put that investment forward. I love that. That's yeah. That's amazing. Like what's right for you. Your welcome box yeah. might be, not be things. It might be feelings. And that's yeah. okay. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny because I feel like of all of the things that we have talked about in TMA and started with, that was one of, because I've done those for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. That was one of the very first things. And it still gets the most like conversation. And some people get so hung up on them and it's, it might just not be for you if you're having such a hard time wrapping your brain around like, what to do or how to do it. And that's totally okay. Like you said, like your welcome box is different. Yours is feelings and like having coffee with them. And that's not mine at all, but mine comes easily to me and yours comes easily to you. And that's what is going to connect you to those clients that want that. People can, and people can sense when something is not genuine to who you are. It's a whole lot easier to lean into something that is true to how you are than to try and make some sort of experience that you think people want. It took me a little minute to figure that out. And I, I think there's people that want both. There's people that want both things. So let the people that are good at the, that experience be good at that. And you do what is good for you because there are people that need you. Um, Okay. So do you guys want to open the floor to questions? Anybody have burning questions. I need help with this. Oh my God. Things are on fire. Alan, you have a question. Okay. <laughs> start so us off with a I did. I was going to make a post about this and then I just haven't yet, but I am, I wanted to know if you guys have any suggestions on getting clients to pull the trigger on albums. I love albums so much and I have built four in the last three weeks and people decide it's just not worth it. And I know that this time of year is probably a hard time of year for big investments after I, right now I'm all inclusive at 900 and then everything else is added on. And that's just my choice. That's what works for me. And I'm not going to go into that, but pricing for albums and everything is all up front. but people just really have a hard time swallowing the $1,800 price tag for albums and want a lower tier option, but I don't want to not use indie. I really like indies albums and I have played with the idea of ordering a sample of the red tree light album. Kim, I wish you guys did a light album. (laughs) I don't like Um, it. Have you seen uh, it? No, I haven't. And that's why I have not offered that to the people that say they want they have a hard time with swallowing the cost of the, what I could call you, albums, but it's the flush mount. Could you just offer them the matted album instead? Just be like, this is what you do if you don't like that. But to me, I guess I build my galleries around a, a story in my head. I want it in my head. A matted album can't accomplish the same purpose yeah. as what a flush mount is it a flush mat? Lay flat? I don't know what the, is it? No, it's just matted. It's matted. Um, It's like matted prints. But so here's my thought behind it is typically whenever I do a, like a flush mount album, right? Like the heirloom album, like that's typically two images, one on each page. Sometimes I will do two horizontal and a vertical, but usually it's two images. So I'm still doing the same thing in a matted. It's just much cheaper cogs, like much Mm -hmm. cheaper. So I get what you're saying about if you are putting a lot of images on pages to tell a story, then yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. But like for me and Jenny, we typically design with two to three images per spread, like usually two, sometimes maybe two on one page and one on the other. Mm -hmm. So you can still translate that to a matted album design if you're just doing one on each side. Yeah. I'm doing like three to five. It just depends on what yeah. is happening in that vignette. And but like for a lifestyle, more lifestyle in home. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's harder to do one per spread for sure. Mm-hmm. 
we, Allison and I talked about this last week a lot because it's like, depending on like how many images you put in our albums, like they can really add up and we've played around with having a higher like digital cost to offset the album. So if it's an add-on, we can charge a little less for that, but it's, I don't know. I feel like I sell the least amount of albums in the fall because people are like, I don't know if they have it in their head that they're like just fall pictures, just for cards, whatever. And then later they realize, oh, we should have done an album. Whereas earlier in the year when they're not thinking about Christmas craziness and stuff like that, they're more apt to buy albums, but I'm not sure. I've definitely been like playing around with. with Do you revisit album like clients that have purchased whatever amount of digitals? Do you revisit albums in the future with any send a email blast out to people? Hey, I don't. I I feel like really two ways about that. Yes, it would be nice to be able to be like only for files they've purchased, which is most clients is most files. But I don't really want to reward people by giving them like a discount later, like to wait. And I feel like unless you like send out some kind of discount or incentive with that, it's like, what's the purpose of being like, hey, you want to order an album now? And they're just like, okay, why would I do it now? And I didn't want to at the beginning and it's the same price, but I don't really want to give a discount. So I'm like always warned. No, I don't do that. But surely there's a way to do it. And do it. I know that there's a lot of photographers at the end of the year who open galleries back up or do you send those emails get a bunch of orders and I just haven't figured out like how to really make that like cohesive with my brand I don't know hey Ellen could you do I know you're all inclusive and you don't want to change your pricing could you do something that's more of an incentive where they get 30 photos with the $900 and then if they get an album it's all inclusive if you up that price and they get all of their photos with the album maybe that's something you could do because I'm not going to get into you being way too cheap because your photos are amazing. Your pricing's your pricing. Yeah. But I feel like maybe if you did something like that, because I still feel like 30 photos for $900 is more than fair. So maybe you could do that. And then the incentive is if you get an album, it's this much. And then you you get all of the photos. Maybe that yeah. could be your all-inclusive. I, yeah. I have toyed this time of years when you start toying with the idea of restructuring things. And I have toyed with going back to giving them some and with whatever after purchase, if they want everything, giving them that option or that being like a buy-in to something option. I just haven't logistically figured out how that would work, but I do agree. I really think I should, I've, I like staying under that 900 mark for the entry, the thousand mark for entry, but I do feel like it is too cheap (laughs) and that sounds crazy, but I do, I feel like I need to. Here's a thought, Ellen. If you're getting people to pay, that is too cheap for everything, but you're getting that up front. In our market, if you're getting $900 up front, you're really good at what you do and selling what you do. I bet if you went to a creative fee and then you had the opportunity to sell to people after, you're so good at sales and, and selling why what you do is important. I bet you would see much larger sales that way because that's quite an accomplishment in our market, getting $900 before you shoot. I I agree. And I, Mm -hmm. but I can't, I don't have a studio. I don't know that I have the bandwidth to get in, get with somebody and do that process of selling to them after the session. Huh? You still have the assistant? Yeah. She good at sales? Mm, she's yeah. not me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Can, yeah. you, do it, can so, you do it online though, Ellen? I was going to say, you could always switch to the, I think, so I think being all inclusive up front, regardless of what your pricing is and what you're selling after automatically makes it just like a little teeny bit harder to sell products because there's something about like all inclusive people who are paying up front that by the time you've shot the session, yeah. seen their images, they're like done. They've already yeah. spent all the money they planned on spending. And those are like add-ons that are not necessarily for them. Whereas even if you switch to that creative fee and still you could still do it all online you don't even necessarily have to change the pricing I think it's too low also but I get it you've done your cost of doing business that's what's making you the salary that you could leave your job for fair 
you don't even have to change that. But then give them the option after to say, hey, do you want 30 images, all images, or all images plus an album? And it just, they're in a slightly different mindset. It's just semantics and just a different experience. And they might go into it. And then you could, when you bundle your album with your files as that top package, you can afford to make it not an $1,800 album, maybe. Maybe it's, if $900 is your all files, maybe it's $2,200 for all in the album. You still make, take out $400 for your album. You still made $1,800 instead of $900. That's still a huge difference. And you got them to have an album, which is what you want them to have. Yeah. So there's ways that I think you can puzzle it differently. Or could you include a product credit with your session so that it plants that seed that they've still got money to spend somewhere? I'm not smart enough to make that work. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm not a product credit fan, but I know a lot of people do do that and it does work. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to brainstorm some more, but I, my inclination that I need to adjust and stop giving everything for 900 is probably what I'm hearing. That's probably the, my best plan of action. I, I do will, really like 30 included. And then I will more. say that I was my busiest when I was at that pricing, really, truly my busiest. Then whenever I bumped up, I think I went to, I think I made my lowest 900 and it was like nine, 12, 15, maybe. And that was an easy jump. Like I didn't lose anybody. People still came. And then suddenly all my files were 15 and I was like, heck yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Nine. I think I started at 900 for files. Nine to 1200 was like no different at all. Yeah. And even nine to 1500. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked about uh surprise thank you gift after sessions I used to send out stuff and I just ended up putting it basically combining it all in my welcome box as like a upfront gift so I don't do that but I used to send out little wooden cameras for family sessions with their proofs or with their products if you don't do a welcome box at all you could do some of the things that we put in our welcome boxes after um, I know, I forget who it was, somebody basically didn't send out a welcome box, but they basically brought the welcome box to the ordering appointment. And it was like pretty much all the stuff we had in the welcome box, gift-wise, and then like their proofs were in it. So it was like, they got their proofs, they did their ordering appointment, they like went home with this like small gift. So like candles, soap, rattles, tea, just like little things like that. That's always like a go-to easy one. I keep my studio fridge stocked with big bottles of wine and after like sessions that if the parents are like really stressed out, we just hand them a bottle and they're like, Oh yeah, heck yeah. And they're always so happy. So that's what we do. We don't really do thank you boxes, but we will yeah. send them with a bottle. I love that. I don't, I haven't really been drinking much, like for no particular reason. I, I don't even drink anymore. Really <laughs> and our vet gave us for Christmas, like, my mom took the girls in for like their annual last year or last week. And the vet sent us home with a bottle of wine and like the best store-bought cookies I've ever eaten in my life. Like we went on and ordered a bunch more for Christmas and I don't even like store-bought cookies. They were so good. And I'm like, it doesn't even matter that I don't even drink wine. Like it was, it was just really nice. Like it was surprising and nice. And so just really, I think whatever you do will be a nice surprise is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> something that I've never done Christmas like holiday gifts but I have a way less I have a lot less clients this year because of switching over to a la carte um, which has mentally been so strange to be like I've had 12 full sessions this year whereas in years past it was like 100 sessions which there's a reason I needed to switch and change so I was like 12 people I can invest in, not quality gifts, but I'm doing matted prints for <clears throat> those 12 clients, like handing them something that is still a piece of artwork, but 
it's just something to say thank you. I don't know. I That's something that I decided that I was going to do this year. I don't know if they will want it, like it, but I feel like the smaller amount of clients that I've been able to maintain and keep up with has actually been really beneficial for me because I was so overwhelmed with a hundred clients last year. And it sounds insane to say that I've only had 12 like full sessions this year, but it's been amazing as well. So Ellen, just to encourage you, if I know you are where you are in terms of not wanting to go to a la carte, but my mental health is like insanely better with so many less clients. So there's that. And to be able to keep up with all these children. I will say last year was my busiest year by mistake. Like I didn't really do that on purpose. And I shot about, it's going to end up being like 30, 35 last sessions this year. And it is amazing. So good. I linked, so there was a question about pricing structures, like sample pricing structure. We are huge fans. So no like set collections, just every product, digital and or product is separate and you can buy what you want. But I would say like the three biggest ones would be like all inclusive, a la carte with a creative fee up front, and then a creative fee up front and like collections to choose from after where you are bundling, let's say files in an album or files in wall art or albums, wall art and files kind of things. So I, I posted the link there. There's a really good, it's really old. <laughs> I don't even know what it looks like anymore, but there's a really good Facebook live that is linked to that content where Allison, I don't know, we were on for a really long time and there were just so many questions. It's like a really in-depth. If you haven't Uh-oh. done it yet, do that. For sure. a second. <laughs> oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. Oh. You're here now. We can hear you. Okay. But I would start there for that. I know there's so much to this, but right now I'm 550 for an hour session, 40 edited images with the option to upgrade to all for 250. So what is that? $800 all inclusive if you upgrade. I booked to the max this fall, so I know I need to raise my prices. I remember hearing there's a dead zone after 500 until you get to 1000. Is that true? But you're in that zone. Are you, Hannah, are you, no, you're not up here yet. If you want to unmute or on or video, you can. Like if Hi. you are, hey, hello, <laughs> you're already there. So whether yeah. that's true or not, I think people label that as such because it's like that middle pricing tier where it's, you're not the cheapest, but you're not the highest end and most expensive. And that's where the most people are and where you have the most, I guess I would say like competition in terms of like decent photographers that are priced between, I don't know, let's say 400 and $900, something like that. Yeah. But you're already in that range and you're already booking. So I don't, I wouldn't worry about bumping that up at all. If you, when you say you book to the max, like what does that look like this fall? Yeah, I, some weeks would be up to four sessions a week. And then some would be like two to three. We also just had our third little one. And so I think that added to feeling like it was too much. And I like also partly stay home. So I was just thinking, I'm like, people are clearly willing to pay and I feel like I have just too many sessions. So I'm like, I would rather, because most of, so at the 550 range, most people don't upgrade the full amount. I do 400 for 30 minutes for 20 images and most of them, if not all of them um, upgrade, but the 40 images, they don't. So I'm like, do I just lower the images and then maybe more people would upgrade I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think even though the upgrade is only 250, I think 40 images is going to be plenty for 99% of people. What are you you really going to do with more than 40 images? And so I think, yeah, if you do want to keep the same kind of overall structure and pricing and just encourage more upgrades, I would definitely go, I would actually eliminate that. I need you say 400 for 20 images, eliminate that altogether. Yeah, that's the 30 minute. Okay. Like a 30 minute. Yeah. 
I would honestly eliminate that altogether. That's what um, I was going to say. Yeah. Like I, I think, out the time part. Yeah. Because either way, like whether for me, the time that I'm photographing a client is the least amount of time that I'm really spending on their session. If I spend 30 mm-hmm. minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes or 90 minutes, like at the end of the day, that really is all the same to me. I'm still giving, yeah. let's say it's a morning session in the studio. I'm still giving half of my day, my whole morning to that client. I can't book. I don't want to book multiple back-to-back clients. And so like, there's no reason for me to have a lower price potentially under my cost of doing business to give you 30 minutes when I can shoot an entire family session in 30 minutes. Right. Maybe sleeping. I could shoot an entire newborn session in 30 minutes. It's not about the time. It's about the end value. And like the, the fact that in the end, they're still getting at least 20 images from that, probably more, right? Like you're walking away with way more than 20 images. In those oh yeah. Sessions. And at the end of, and the value of what they're getting is no different than if you had given a 60 minute session. Plus then you don't have to worry about, oh, they paid for 60 minutes. I have to fill this time and like overshoot. And then you end mm-hmm. up yeah. like more work on the back end, like culling more, having to make decisions about what to stay and what to go, potentially then giving more images, which means editing more images. Like it just all snowballs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It mix that completely. And then okay. just make the 550, maybe like the 20 images and then the upgrade. I would Depending on if you've done your cost of doing business recently, I would probably redo that anyway because I think it's still low. I think yeah. even if you shot three sessions a week, let's just say $500, that's $1,500 a week. After taxes and expenses, you're thinking about walking away with five to $700 in your pocket times 52 weeks. That's not a full-time, that's full-time work without the matching full-time salary that you can live off. Yeah in most places. And so definitely think about those numbers. So if we, so if I were to eliminate the hour, cause that's how I have it right now is like one hour and 30 minute sessions. Would you just offer the one session or would you say 20 images, 40 Im- So they're like paying for the amount of images, not the time. Yeah. I would just do, if you, this isn't my favorite pricing structure, but I'm going to pretend I know. that you're no. going to want to keep it and it's perfect for you. So let's just but say I don't want to keep this structure. Oh, you don't want to keep it. I'm open. I've been a flannel for a long time. So I'm like open to changing my pricing structure to a creative fee okay. and then adding digital images. I don't, I'm not super huge on products. So I, that's been like my hesitancy. I don't know if that's the right word, but to not do the, the collection or the creative fee and then charge for products. So I'm open to other suggestions. You could totally do a creative fee up front to book and then let them pick from, let's say 10, 20, all images digitally after and have three different price points for those. And then if you wanted to start, if you got to the point where you're like, I want to offer this or that, just have those as add-ons. And if they don't buy them, totally fine. As long as that, Creative fee plus, let's say, 10 image, the lowest one, hits your cost of doing business. Everything else is just gravy. So, like, right. you can always add on products later or never at all if you don't want to. Or do them through pick time where it's all automatic fulfillment and you don't have to really do anything with it. Yeah. But it still gives them the option. You get extra sales if they do. And if they don't, like, no worries. If you okay. set up, if you set up, like, a storefront one time on, if you use, like, pick time or pixie set, like on pick time, you can set up your storefront once and have it all set for self-fulfillment. So they place an order and you don't even touch it at all. And you can then set up like a automation. So let's say that they buy 10 digital files or the full gallery and you then switch over, you turn on download permissions, and then you apply that um, store to their gallery, and then you assign an automation. So mine's called like the thank you automation. And I like activate that. And then after you've set that up one time, you can assign it to any gallery and it automatically sends out emails saying, Hey, you've got 20% off to your online store. Go ahead. And you've got this for three days and it sends reminder emails. It says your coupon is expiring. And like, I get hundreds of dollars like in sales, just from running that automation that is totally like hands off. I don't 
order anything. Like it's just all automatic. So even if you don't want to do sales, they're going to order. A lot of people will order prints from somewhere. If you offer that convenience of it being like right there in front of them, they're not going to go trot off to minted or artifact uprising or any other place. Okay. Yeah. That's super helpful. I have pixie set. And so I set that store up and then in the email that I send the gallery, I've started because I used to not address the store. And so I've started saying, Hey, make sure, and then have the products and talk about it in the email. And I've had a lot of people, especially for Christmas, buy products just straight through Pixie set. So I'm not having to do much, but I really like Jenny, what you said about the creative feet. And then you said 10, 20 and all of the images. Yeah, we had, this was part of our conversation last week, but we were brainstorming, but I've done a 20 and all for a couple of years and that worked really well. Okay. I recently, like literally three days ago, changed oh. it to 12, 20 and all. Mine's 15, kind of like 30 and all. <laughs> I was getting upset, not even for the money because they're really close in pricing, but I was getting really upset because I don't know, let's say... I did like about hundred sessions this year, 98 of them, 97 of them bought all their files. Some bought all their files and products and like the two to three that only bought eight. I was like, Oh, why it's, we're talking about a $200 difference when you're yeah. already spending 2000 plus dollars. Like that to me was like, so maddening. I'm like, what are you doing? How do you throw away 65 images over $200 yeah. and spend thousand on eight instead of 2200 on 70. I'm like, that breaks my brain. And so I bumped it up to 12 just to see if like, that would make me feel better. I don't know, but like somewhere around there, yeah. don't make it. So your lowest is like enough. Yeah. For me, I just never wanted it to be like, oh, we can narrow down to 20 or 30. Cause that's plenty for some, as you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's super helpful. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Sorry. My mom is texting me from the grocery store. So hold on. Let's see. How would you increase newborn sessions and membership clients aside from talking about it? I've been working on blogging, starting to outsource this, posting more of those on socials. What else should I do more of? So when I first introduced memberships, I went back to my current clients and said, hey, I am now going to be offering memberships. You get first dibs because you're a current client. And here's all of the perks of being a membership client. I personally don't just limit it to newborns. Like anybody can be a membership client. It just means that you are going to do two or more sessions, two to four sessions with me in a year, a little bit more than a year. And so I just reached out and and told them that. And so if I had a client that was a newborn client and I reached out and said, do you want to upgrade? Then they would add on um, a sitter session and a first birthday. And so that's how I originally got a lot of membership sessions when I introduced it. From then on, I just made it sound like that's what everyone chose. And then now that's what everyone chooses. Yeah, I think same kind of for that. And it's just when you send your pricing, you can really talk up how my clients choose memberships every time they have another baby or just they want to do a couple of sessions a year. This is what everybody's choosing. I do say that there are limited spots, which is partly true because I can only take so many clients a year or a month or a week. And yes, it's true, but I'm not saying it's 10 memberships a year and that's it. it. It's open. It's rare that I turn down a membership, but yeah, it just depends. But I think that lets them know that, Hey, like I want to get in on one of these. And to me, like my creative fee is 475 and my membership is 900. So if you're even on the fence about doing two sessions, it like makes so much sense to do a membership and doesn't make any sense to do two separate sessions. And I think it's really easy to for somebody to see, okay, we definitely want to do two, maybe three, maybe four. It's just a no-brainer. And I think the pricing between the two really make it stand out and make it easy to say yes to. I think also that you have to just remember that a lot of times, like I think back to whenever I was looking for like pictures from whenever my first was born. And I knew that I wanted like sessions during his first year, but I didn't know what that was called. 
I didn't know like when that was, I didn't know anything. I was a brand new mom, knew nothing. I know that obviously he's 13. So a lot has come that come along since then. And people know more, but I wanted someone to guide me. And <laughs> even just, I don't know, it was probably two weeks ago. I was like reaching out to starting to reach out to membership clients that are currently on the books that like need to get their sessions scheduled for next year. And <clears throat> one membership client called me and she was like, Hey, I'm going to fly in to Houston and I'm going to be there. And can we do a six month session? Like he'll be six months on this day. I'm flying in on that day. And I was like, wait, we don't have to do it like on his six month birthday. Like it can be flexible. In fact, I really like them to be closer to seven or eight months so that they're like really sitting up well and not wobbly and all of that. And I explained it to her and she was, she's a first time mom. She was under the impression that it had to be at six months. And, and then she was like, well, what do other people do? And I explained some people do like a motherhood session because she didn't do a maternity. So I said, newborn, we can do a sitter session. We can do a motherhood and then we can do a first birthday cake smash. And she was like, whatever I'm supposed to do, I'll do it. So I think that we need to remember also that people are looking to us to tell them what are the options and what we should do. And so a lot of people that just book like a newborn session may not even realize like, oh, I might want a session when they're six to eight months old. And then another one when it's their first birthday, I don't have to just take pictures of them smashing a cake at their, at our house. We can do it professionally. And so if you reach out and you offer that membership, they'll just grab it because it gets one less thing that they have to do. And just little reminders along the way to make sure that in your Instagram posts, every once in a while, you're like really pimping out those memberships and showing four sessions from a client. If you don't have an email list yet, definitely start on that with your current clients and then add new people as on your website, because I swear every time I send out, I have to be really careful now because like, I'll be like booked for a couple months and be like, I haven't sent out an email in a couple months. And as soon as I send out an email from like Flowdesk, I have mostly my repeat and or membership clients be back immediately. And they're like, oh my gosh, we need to do our next session. And I'm like, why did I do this? Like, why did I send this out right now? And I like, don't have any openings. Careful with that. But it's a really good way to get past clients or those membership clients to really be like front of mind and like book those next sessions. I was going to say something else and I can't remember. Oh, I feel like I have found, I have like really two distinct clients. I have like my membership clients and my repeat clients that are like coming over and over again. And then I have some newborn clients who are like truly just newborn clients. And they, I think my pricing is like a bit of a stretch for them, but that was their like one Hail Mary session. That yeah. was the one that they were like putting all of their money into and they'll go and either not do other sessions in the first year or I'll see them go to like way cheaper photographers, but then they like have another baby and they come back to me for a newborn. And then they go back to the cheaper photographers for those milestone sessions. And that's fine. That's fine with me. Do I wish they were all membership clients? Sure. But like, it also is really special that they push their limit and push their budget or save or whatnot, or use gifts from parents as that newborn session is so special to them. And they want the best of the best. What I'm not saying I am, but perceived value, right? And that I do have a good handful of those too. Those clients will never be membership clients, but that's okay too. Do you find memberships appeal more to people than packages or collections? I, I guess she's meaning as far as the name. Well, Jenny calls it the first year collective. I used to. So now it's the... Um, and I call it the early is that what you mean? The, tech, yeah. like the name of it or collections in terms of product collections after your sessions? <laughs> I right now offer collections of like newborn and maternity and newborn in six months, newborn six months, one year. And I just wasn't sure if it might go over better with people if I just say membership and it's open-ended as to when they can do the sessions. I gotcha. So I think regardless of what you call it, that's more semantics, personal branding, that's neither here nor there. You should figure out calling it something that's authentic to you. But I do love... Like when I started wanting, let's just say a first year or babies, baby plan program, I really wanted it to be more open-ended and more flexible. And so I do really like that it's this much upfront up to four sessions. For me, you can do them anytime from first session to 18 months from that first session. For me, that 
I feel like that made it easy for our client to say, yeah, of course I want to do that. Versus when you have it really strict of newborn six months, one year. I don't know. I feel like clients, again, and I say this a lot, but I really want to create the boundary and then give clients the freedom within it. So they don't feel like super locked in to things that it's like a set, set thing. So I, I do that better than having, you can do maternity and newborn together for this price, or you can do these three for this price, just having it more flexible. And they can still do those exact things if they want to. And you can still recommend like those exact things too. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. How many sessions a year is considered full-time work? Okay. <laughs> this is a loaded question. I feel like here's what I base it on. I have always read that like the average portrait photographer spends 10 to 15 hours overall per session. And so that includes like the marketing that you had to do before that session, like all your marketing time, all your branding time, all your editing time, all of your bookkeeping time. If you're outsourcing those things, like you still have to pay for that time, right? It still counts as like time spent on that client. And I would say a lot of TMA photographers are giving even more of their time to their clients. Like in Ellen's example, like she might be spending four hours on a session that she could technically shoot in 45 minutes, right? At at their home that morning, even two or three hours when you could shoot it really quickly. For me, putting all their welcome boxes together, like all that client communication, like all of the marketing that I'm doing and an in-person ordering session after, or even an online gallery that is not just throwing their proofs up. We're doing those mock-ups. We're like checking in with clients. We're not me, but getting on the phone with clients. I'm not doing that, but like all those emails and everything back and forth, it does take time. And if the average portrait is 10 to 15 hours, I'm thinking, and we could go through and totally track this, but I think we're at least 15, if not maybe 15 to 20 hours for most of us. And so really when you think about hours per week that you want to work, For me, two to three sessions tops is absolutely full-time work. I think any anything more than four to five sessions a month is full-time personally. But then there's people, Shannon, are you still here? Then there's people like Shannon who are like really high priced. Yeah, she is. And like lower volume. So like for Shannon, maybe like (laughs) maybe those four sessions a month is insane. Maybe you're only doing two sessions a month and you're still making a full-time salary and that's full-time work because Maybe your sessions take 30 hours per session of like manpower and work. So it depends on that. For me, over a hundred. So this year I did about hundred. Last year I did about 140. That was a lot. That was more than full-time work. Yeah. I think it can vary based on your pricing and like how long it takes you for everything. For me, that's the baseline has always been two sessions a week. Definitely full-time. Eight sessions a month or more. Definitely full-time that four to six could be considered part-time depending on how much time you're spending with those clients. You could absolutely make a full-time income doing four sessions a month, I think. Y'all are so quiet. I'll send you agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're all like, no, that's totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I and And I think we've said this before when like calculating your cost of doing business, but whether you have... 10 clients a month, or you have two clients a month, you still have to do the very basic business stuff every single month. So you still have to do your bookkeeping. You still have to pay your bills. You still have to sit down and do your marketing. You still have to blog. You have to do all of those things, whether you're serving two clients or 10 clients. And like that counts as hours. And and your other expenses, your camera, If you do two sessions a month and I do eight sessions a month, our cameras cost the same. Yes, there are different cameras, but our 50 milliliter L lens, same price for all of us, no matter how many sessions you're doing. TMA, your education costs the same, no matter how many sessions you're doing. If you're doing less and you're like part-time, you almost have to charge more to account for those expenses because you can spread it out over less clients. And so I think there's this like, badge of honor when you think of I'm so busy I have all these sessions I'm doing 20 sessions a month and it's like why though if even if it's say 10 hours let's just say it's on the lowest end and it's 10 hours per client if you're doing five a week that's 50 hours of work minimum and I think we I don't know I spend more than 10 hours of client 
I don't want to work 50 to 70 hours a week. I don't want to work. No, no way. I don't want to really work more than 30. (laughs) But that's the beauty of it. We shouldn't have to. A lot of us are really towing the line of I'm the default parent and I'm here doing most of the stay-at-home parent role also. And I think any other occupation or any other gender, if we were like, hey, you need to work 40 hours a week, like dedicated 40 hours a week, full-time job, bringing a full-time income. Also, the kids are yours for 30 of those 40 hours while I'm at work. Like people would laugh at them and be like, that's not a thing, but we make it a thing. And so we really have to like be so careful with that. Okay. Denise says, reorganizing my website, currently all inclusive, would love any help with what should be changed or enhanced. I feel like this should probably be posted in the group with a link to website so that we can do like a actual rundown. So if you'll post, if you'll post that exact question in membership and then link to your link to your website, we can respond there. Cause I feel like here with it being zoom, it's going to be hard to like yeah, Answer I'll that. want to take more time than we have to really go through it. And when you post your link, if your current pricing is not on there, post about your current pricing and like where you're at also yeah. um, price-wise um, in that all-inclusive. Kelly said, I'm new, a chronic talker or stalker, really shy and just need a pep talk. I showed up and asked for a help moment. Can we talk the, what do you do if you were just starting out? I had no clients. Okay, so... That was me when I first welcomed, when I started my business like 13, 13 and a half years ago, almost 14 years ago, I was a new mom. I, the few new moms that I was like hanging out with, I didn't have a big circle at all. We had just recently moved here in the past couple of years. Besides my parents who had moved down, we had no friends and family here, longtime family or friends. And definitely the crowd that I was hanging out with was not my ideal client. We were all broke as all get out. There was no money for any of us. And so I really didn't have a lot of people will say network with like your circle and try to get like in your circle of friends and like their friends. Like I didn't have that at all. And so for me, it was immediately like SEO work, which was different now than it is today. Like it's always changing. I would definitely make SEO your current head down, do that. I did local networking with other photographers, wedding photographers, or just people who were like at the same stage that I was. I always went to monthly photography meetings and it wasn't so much that that was getting me clients, but as my brand became more distinct and like my name became more well-known, everybody knew who I was. And like that helped me networking and referrals, social media, there was no Instagram at the time. And so I think I definitely was doing stuff on Facebook that, but Facebook was never my go-to. Even back then, it was not where my ideal client was hanging out. And so like for me, networking with like local businesses and like other people, not in my tiny little circle. And then SEO were like tops for me. Now I would add Instagram to that, like no question. Mm -hmm. And really like, it's just consistency. I know it sounds like, basic and simple, but I think people give up. Like a lot of those things, you won't see the benefit. Really any of those things, you're not going to see the benefit in a week or a month, even a couple months. But I think when people don't see the benefit, they're like, this isn't working. What's the point of even posting? What's the point of going to these networking events? But if you do it consistently, that really does pay off. And Jenny would never, but if I was (laughs) building up a client base. Like I've a hundred percent walked up to someone in target that I thought looked like my ideal client and asked to photograph her and her babies. And that works too. So it adds to your portfolio and get your name out there and gives you stuff to post online, gives you stuff to blog about. Obviously you don't want to do free stuff for forever, but if you're really like particular about what you're photographing while you're waiting for that first client to say yes, those clients can benefit you as well. I am super picky. I, it's my hobby to study business and your ideal client and branding. It's so much fun. And I'm just so in my head with that. I've got to get it right. And I've got to get my pricing right before I just jump in and get my feet wet that 
I'm just trying really hard at this stage to show up and okay. I'm asking for advice. I'm like, I have indeed walked up to strangers in public and offered them sessions because they were beautiful and beautiful friendships have come from that and beautiful images. And yeah, I just have to keep going and actually start making some money. So consistency. Yep. Yeah. Um, It's like Allison always talks about like the snowball, like it's really hard to see any progress when it's so small and you're just constantly like trying to get it going. But once it does get going and it just takes off, you have to work a lot less hard to keep the momentum going. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Anybody who tells you like building a successful, profitable business that you're not either having to work in 24 seven is lying. It takes some hustle and it takes some work, but the payoff can be really good. And if you can put in that hustle, we definitely are not advocating hustling forever, but sometimes we do. Yeah. Put in the hustle to get started, which is like the hardest part for people because nobody wants to do that. Of course, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard work. And we can acknowledge that it's hard work, but it can definitely be. So much. So here's a follow-up question really quick, because that is so true. And my husband and I are already full-time entrepreneurs, and this is like my creative hobby. And I'm do I'm getting up and working at a coffee shop from six to eight, three days a week. And that's my that's my mommy photography time. So with those parameters, what would you prioritize that I sit down and like slam out in those weeks during that work time? Yeah, website, SEO. Yep. And like your website doesn't have to be, like when I say like visual branding, it doesn't have to be anything like crazy and like a big rebrand graphic design package. Keep it simple. You just want it to be like current and like simple until you can like, until you want to do more. But like your overall like feel of your website, the SEO on your website. And then I think being consistent on Instagram is good. So you're doing those model sessions and portfolio building sessions. You're really careful and like curating the work that says, this is my work and this is what I want to attract. Be consistent about putting that out there and just continually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there, does anyone have any experience of, in like avoiding marketing to your own personal circle and just finding a completely different audience that is actually, because again, I so relate to where you were. None of my friends are my clients and that's okay. I love them, but I need yeah, to, yeah, it's, it's online, it's SEO. Instagram <laughs> feels so tricky because it's all people who have known me for a decade at least. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm her. screaming into the void. So just keep gently screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the more you can put out there, the, the way, the language that you're using, the hashtags that you're using, those people will either fall off or they'll just yeah. like, silently support you or support you with likes. It doesn't mean they have to hire you, but it's fine that they're there, but you want to grow outside of those people so that your following is not just those people. Awesome. Ellen, I really what appreciate you? your body language pep talk there. Thank yeah, you. What, what were you going to add? <laughs> Love it. Thanks, guys. It's really encouraging. Hi, I just restarted my business in April, and I am slowly growing a clientele, but we are moving an hour away. Would you say that this is the best time to raise my, my prices? Yes. If you're having to like, okay, so I guess I, my studio is in Houston. So like you drive an hour and you're still in Houston. So an hour is not that far for me, but anytime that you're having to like change your SEO, where you're marketing to, are you still going to be marketing to that old place? Maybe, but anytime that you're doing like a shift, I take that as if you've been waiting to do something, raise your prices, do it now. Because if you're marketing to a new area, you don't want to use your old pricing and then three months later be like, psych, it's actually higher now. And then have to like lose people or shoot sessions that like are lower than what you really want to be making. It's just easier to do it before you start marketing to a new area. So I would do it now versus later. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, also to add to that, cause I'm planning to be exclusively offering studio only. And I feel like this is like a good start 
to start everything. This was the push I was looking for. It is a more remote area, but a lot more money around the area. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'll be more profitable, charging profitably anyway. So thank you. Yeah. Really any time that you realize that your prices are either not profitable or not at the profitability point that you want them to be, like you can be profitable and still be like, I can't live on this salary. So like anytime you get to that point or you realize that, it's a good time to change them. But while you're also making other big changes, it's just a little more seamless and makes sense. Um, okay. So might as well rip the Band-Aid. And yeah, I definitely still, need to charge more. Yeah. Is your, like, how established are you in your current city? Do you have a big clientele there? Do you have good SEO for that city? Or you just start over? I'm just starting over. My S- I'm, SEO is not the best yet. I get maybe one or two increase per month through my website. I've been also busy, so I haven't focused on a lot of blogging, but I'm planning to get better at that. It's not like I'm leaving a, a huge clientele from where we are now. It's I might as well start a really big clientele with my current profitable prices and offering in studio only. Yeah, that's that totally makes sense. I agree with you. Thank you. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. If you're looking for a community of photographers like this that you can lean on and go to when you have questions or concerns, our TMA membership doors will open later this week. We'd love to have you join us. If you're not already a member, simply go to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com so that we can notify you when the doors open later this week. I think this quote by George Shin is pretty appropriate for today's episode. He said, there's no such thing as a self-made man. You will reach your goals only with the help of others. So from Ireland to yours, Until next time, friends.